Hello and welcome to the Capgemini podcast. My name is Gary Taylor. I'm part of Capgemini's cloud infrastructure services team, working on workspace services for projects and consulting. Today, we are continuing our series on Windows Virtual Desktop with part two of our podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by both James Shaw and James O'Regan from iGel. Hello, gentlemen. Morning, Gary. Hi, Gary. So, James S., I mean, obviously, the current um, climate, organisations are looking to save money wherever they can. Um, adding iGel to a solution, is, is that adding cost or, or why would they want to do that? I, I would say I would say it was... It was exactly the opposite, actually, Gary. Um, I mean, we, we find we find customers are choosing or selecting iGel and a Linux-based operating system for the endpoint for for a, a variety of reasons, and they really fall into a, a combination of three categories. One is saving money, which I'll, I'll come back to in a moment to answer your question. Um, in addition to that, organisations are looking to as, as James touched on there, increase or extend the security uh, aspect of, you know, they've implementing a cloud workspace such as Windows Virtual Desktop from Microsoft, um, which obviously delivers a, a whole host of different um, security uh, capabilities. And they want to extend that out to the endpoint. So security is very much at the, uh, uh, for, for a number of customers, is very high priority. The third area is the, the ease of being able to deploy and manage the solution. Um, so, you know, going back to your, your specific question about um, saving money, I think most of our customers that we, we see save money in, in a couple of ways. And, and James O touched on one of the key aspects, which is that ability to deploy the iGel OS on existing hardware. And I think he mentioned, I think we were in the same conversation um, with regards to the, the you know, uh, customers that we know have um, laptops and desktops from 10 years old. As Microsoft um, uh, deliver things such as Windows Virtual Desktop, as Citrix uh, deliver and, and other companies deliver solutions, um, customers are finding that their existing endpoint technology, whether that be desktops, whether that be laptops, um, existing thin clients, uh, have aged and do not have the capacity with their existing operating system to uh, take advantage of all of the benefits of these new cloud workspaces that we're, we're seeing in the market today. And so for a number of organizations in that case, they also have to think about the costs of refreshing their endpoint technology. Um, you know that is that is a cost that iGel can certainly help with because, as we said, you know, in most cases, as long as it's an x86 with minimum uh, requirements, uh, and as James said, you know, desktops, laptops, going back many many years, you can deploy either a full conversion or a temporary conversion. You can deploy the iGel OS onto that existing hardware, so you can extend the life of the hardware. Um, as James says, there's an environmental aspect on that as well, and uh, you know you can delay or negate the the need for that desktop refresh and access all the latest and greatest um, security and functionality from those cloud workspaces by just uh, converting the operating system on the endpoints itself. 
So I'm kind of assuming that the COVID-19 pandemic has probably affected the demand for the IGL solutions as well then, is it? Yes, it, it has. And I mean, it's, it, it, as I say, in, really in two ways. And, and the COVID one is is a really interesting way as well. I mean, before before we got to, to COVID, before we got to 2020, um, IGL was was experiencing uh, fantastic growth as companies started to look at cloud workspaces and the ability to run a, the, the lightweight um, Linux-based OS for accessing those environments. Um, uh, it was quite interesting at the time of, of COVID really um, hitting the world in sort of at the end of, um, uh, you know, sort of in March timeframe. I think organizations really started to look at how uh, they, they had to deploy uh, rapidly and in some cases, you know, in, a, in emergency situations for a number of people that needed to suddenly work remotely from the, from the office. And that took in, you know, that took the various different ways of being able to do that, right, from, you know, sending people home with their existing desktop systems literally in the boot of their cars to deploying more and more cloud um, virtualization technologies right the way through to the huge demand you saw on new devices and new endpoints as well and i think you know from that 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 dealt with that immediate rush and if you look at the the analysts in this market they they saw a suddenly huge spike of people wanting and needing the ability to work from home and in some cases, it was as simple as just allowing people to access um, through their existing home devices, through web access, through a VPN. But over time, what we've seen is that, uh, unfortunately, you know, there are many, many groups out there that uh, in the in the you know they're looking at cyber attacks, and uh, there's many, many reports out there that organizations are, are receiving huge amounts of uh, new and refreshed cyber attacks on those home workers, um, whether that be in the way of um, uh, phishing emails, uh, spam emails. There really has been a target. I was talking to an organization, only a, a, you know, a mid-sized organization of about three to 400 employees, and they were telling me that the rate of, of cyber attacks pretty much di- directed towards the the endpoints um, taking advantage of the number of home workers was running into thousands per day so the as we move forward from from this sort of peak period and as we move into an area where organizations are really looking to structure the way that they um, uh, organize their remote workers moving forward. Um, I think, you know, we, we are talking to a number of different customers that want to add that level of security for their home users um, and, more importantly, want to manage uh, those end users. And that's where we're seeing not only um, the the increase in security and the increase in manageability of, of the endpoint, but the second part of that 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 sort of saving of money, you know, in the past, um, IT organizations had to ensure that the operating system was continually secure, patched, updates, and, uh, you know, that that could work out a ratio of you know, one support person supporting anything from between 250 to 500 endpoints uh, as a ratio of support desk. 
Um, we, we have customers um, that are supporting thousands, tens of thousands of endpoints remotely um, through the management software that, that James mentioned. And so, you know, the reduction on support calls, the reduction on um, uh, support required, and you can redeploy those IT people to, to look at other areas has, uh, has really uh, made a huge impact with, with a number of our customers. Interesting. So, so James O, uh, final question for yourself. What do, you, what do you think the future holds for Windows Virtual Desktop? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I suppose the first component of that would be um, maturity as a solution. Um, I think, you know, you're going to see a, a massive uptake in terms of WVD in 2021. Um, I think we obviously with the pandemic we have seen a, a, a large increase, but I think there's still a, there's still a level of apprehension within enterprise about WVD, and I think as the solution matures, we're going to see it becoming, um, you know, uh, more of a, a of the standard going forward. Um, whether that be straight up WVD or obviously you know Citrix Cloud running on top of WVD or VMware Horizon run, running on WVD. So you know it's it's definitely around the maturity i think you, you may see the way <clears throat> it's delivered change slightly you know and it become more like a um a, a SaaS solution as opposed to where we are at the moment um so uh, those are kind of the, the aspects and then from our own perspective obviously we continue to work with Microsoft on enhancing solution. And, you know, I can only see our, our, our client getting better and better. And, you know, as Microsoft um, implement more features within WVD, then we will mirror those features within iGel. And, um, you know, as, as James has touched on, the, the big thing is around, you know, the security, the endpoint in, as part of this thing, the pandemic, you know, we, we've, you know, companies went, looked at any way they could to get devices out there and now what they're seeing is wow um i have no idea what this user is using at home um uh, this could be a major problem so you know it's all about i think you know wvd and any cloud solution is all about flexibility and i think that's what, what we've seen with the pandemic is you know we have we are able to work in any kind of location. Um, and, um, you know, from our own point of view, as I said, I, I touched on our UMS, but a major component of that is um, our cloud gateway. And that that is an, an amazing piece of technology that allows you to manage the endpoints which are not on your LAN. So, you know, if it doesn't matter where it, people are working you can still you can extend the capabilities of our ums service via our um, cloud gateway and you know uh, that's that's what i see kind of with wvd is it, it basically to become more commonplace as a solution um and and to really increase its market share um as the years progress perfect okay well i mean it certainly sounds like igel is a real enabler for windows virtual desktop so uh, very interesting so well, well thank you both for, for joining me today i was really interesting um, conversation that we've had on a really interesting subject and it was a, a true pleasure chatting to you both today thank you so you can subscribe to the capture and podcast on all the usual podcast site and i just want to take some time to thank you for, for joining us on this call today and i hope you've enjoyed it thank you very much this is designing momentum a podcast from Capgemini. 
Designing Momentum is a show about what it takes to build and maintain momentum in business. When the odds are against you, how do you forge your own path? Original ideas very rarely come from looking in the same places you always look. So in this show, we'll be turning the spotlight in a different direction that you wouldn't necessarily think to look. Hosted by me, Frank Wammers, and with the help of Rachel Burford, International Women's Rugby World Cup winner, and experts in emerging technology in sport, we'll be exploring why what goes on in the boardroom isn't so different to what happens on the pitch. Make sure you subscribe now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.